This is Judge Dredd. I am the law. You betray the law! You betray the law! You betray the law! How's it going? I'm Andy. And I'm PK. And welcome to the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast, where we read, react to, and review the original Judge Dredd case files. Uh, this episode is going to we're going going over issues or progs 19, 20, and 21. We are in a new format today uh, because the world is kind of ending. Yeah. Way. A minor apocalypse. Soon we'll be in a mega city. Yeah. We're working our way towards that cyberpunk dystopian future. I've been seeing a lot of cool kind of dystopian cyberpunk things on Reddit about <laughs> just like things that are happening in the world. It's very weird. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty stoked. But PK and I are meeting over Skype right now. Yeah, um, long distance podcast. Yes, which uh, a lot of people are doing. So we're happy on the bandwagon. Here we are on the band bandwagon. So one of the things I have to bring up right off the bat is a discovery that I made. Um, uh, one thing that we haven't been doing that I want to make a regular part of the podcast. I didn't I didn't mention this to you, PK, and I apologize, but I'm going to bring it up now. Yeah, this is all news to me. We made a... Uh, I made a, a uh, error in judgment or error in uh, uh, clerical error. Um, the previous issue uh, artist that we mentioned, uh, Mike McMahon, or McMahon, who we thought had been the artist for the few comics we really enjoyed with exceptional art during the Robot Wars. Yeah. Were in fact not drawn by him. Oh they, my! Yeah, they were drawn by a different artist, Ian Gibson. Uh, Mike McMahon is the artist for this issue, issue number nineteen. Um, so what I want to do, I McMahon is still a good artist in his own right, but yeah. Ian Gibson is the guy who deserves all that awesome credit that we gave to the artist uh, previously. Okay. So what I would like to continue from here on out is starting off every issue by mentioning who is the writer, the artist, and who did the lettering for the comic. Okay, they don't have that. Uh, they don't, but I found they... it online. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, for the, for issue number 19, uh, we'll, before we do that, we're going to quick recap. When last we met, Judge Dredd had uh, taken down some muggers during a mugger's moon which is never really explained what that is. No, not really. Um, we had the Heat Seeker sh uh, shot, I think, was shown for the first time. A hot shot. Hot shot, that's right. Um, pretty darn cool. But this issue, issue number 19, the script is by John Wagner. Uh, artist is Mike McMahon. And littering was done by Bill Nuttall. So, so they had... I, okay, I thought I knew about comic books. I did not know they had an, an entirely different person that does the lettering. If you think like, about like, it, right? Is that they, all the text? Like, just not not just in speech bubbles, but the title text and all that stuff too. Yeah, that's impressive. That yeah, that makes sense. They would. Have, I wonder if that still happens to this day. Actually, there is a credit on this first page up for script of T. B. Grover. That's interesting. Huh. I wonder where that is. But the other ones, Mike McMahon and Nuttall, are, are, are listed correctly. I wonder if that's a, just a, a one-off thing or not, because we haven't seen that before. No. Uh, and I don't see it in any other episode or issues. So, um, 
what we have going on here. All right. <laughs> Go for it, PK. So this, let's start off with a bang. This very first panel, <laughs> we see a 1920s gangster in a pinstripe suit and a bowler hat and with a... an umbrella. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, Judge Dredd, hey, baby. It's Max Normal, the pinstripe freak, <laughs> one of my informers. Of course, Judge Dredd is far, that is is in the background looking on rolling up on his uh on his lawbringer uh lawmaster bike right yeah um, he's, so he's a guy very he's clearly he has like a huge wide windsor knot tie yeah. uh the pinstripe freaking a big like rose on his lapel he's really out of place <laughs> like this is the most out of place person we've seen so far he just he looks like a he looks like a guy in that boardwalk show Oh, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's, like, right out of, uh... No, that's a different kind of show. That's not the right kind of show. Um, but our next, like, round bubble we have has Judge Dredd talking to the pinstripe freak, Max Normal. And it's got, a like, a crowd His of people. His name is Max Normal? His name is Max Normal, the pinstripe freak, yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't be doing with this. <laughs> it's it's the way, we have to go with it, PK. Labor of love, damn it. All right, you uh, you you be dread. All right, I mean, Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. You can see in the background behind Max is just like the weirdest assortment of people with crazy hair and weird clothes that have like armor, like V shoulder pads and shit. And uh, Dread says, "Stom, it makes me sick just to look at you, Max." <laughs> Why don't you grow your hair and get some decent wild clothes like everybody else? Why do these young people always got to be different? Oh my god, he's... Okay, Boomer. <laughs> like, they... Okay, to Judge Dredd's defense here, they do look really weird. They look really weird. He looks normal to us. But why the fuck does Judge... I mean, like, the whole point is the fact that, like, you know, it's the opposite counterculture, right? Yeah. For him to be a counterculture, he has to dress like he's from the 1920s. But why the fuck does Judge Dredd care about his fucking fashion sense? It's it's the it's the old man, the you know the very you dang kids, you whippersnappers, get off my lawn <laughs> with your baggy pants and whatnot. <laughs> um, oh, hold on, I lost my page. Let me find it again. No worries. Um, okay. <laughs> Max Normal replies to Judge Dredd. Don't be, don't be mean to the dude who's clean. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> okay, alright, let me start over. Mm. Don't be mean to the dude who's clean. I got some tight info. Stretch and lobe and I'll lay it out and I'll lay it on ya. Stretch a lobe and I'll lay it on ya. <laughs> Um, Don't be mean to the, to the dude who's clean. I love it. It's so bad. It's the worst. Um, we see Judge Dredd handing over some $1,000 bills, and he says, Here's 10,000 credits, Max. More info better be good. And Max, you know, without any hesitation, launches right into it. Uh-huh. And we have a new speech bubble. Um, or a new panel, I mean. Yep. Fat Sam that runs the soda bar across the street is selling old comics bolded to kids under the counter. 
The word is there's going to be a big comic drop tonight at midnight. This is serious. Thanks, Max. So we see. <laughs> so let's let's dissect that for a second. <laughs> we got to let's let's look at let's reflect on this for a hot second. Yeah. Yep. So um, there's going to be at Fat Sam's Soda Bar across the street a a bunch of old comics that are being sold under the counter. Like so, comic books, I'm assuming. We have a soda bar. <laughs> oh yeah, the point of view from the panel is the soda is is the soda bar across the street. And like kids wearing re- weird clothes, drinking malted milkshakes, we can only assume. And in the yeah, background, weird see... futuristic clothes, and they're drinking soda from the soda bar. Not just that; it actually shows space soda is here for 150 credits. <laughs> we have new Coke, the surreal thins, 300 credits, and, and Martian, Martian joy juice. Okay, another again another reference to like aliens. But also, we have the new Coke, which was a real thing that hadn't come out yet. Yeah, that's true. New Coke was big, what, in the late 80s, early 90s? And it yeah. sucked. This is like 1970-something. Wow. So they, they predicted the new, the new Coke before it came out. <laughs> but, but yeah, right now, Judge Dredd is getting a tip-off that illegal comic books are going to be sold to children, to kids. There's going to be a big comic, like, he's going to get, Sam is getting his product tonight. Yep. He's going to get a drop-off of comic books tonight. So. And that's the info that costs a thousand credits. Now, this was, I'm going to, I'm going to take a side for this. PK knows about this issue because this is the issue that I ranted and raved about to him. It's true. This is, this was the issue that he, that, that blew his mind the way that Minnesota Fats blew my mind. Minnesota Fats. Um, did I tell you that my dad knows, like, apparently Minnesota Fats is based off a real person? Oh my god. Minnesota Fats apparently was, like, an infamous pool player, or, like, a billiard player. Oh my god. So they just used that name, I guess? used that name because it was popular at the time. I guess. Okay. So our next, uh, panel... Is Judge Dredd riding on his lawmaster down the, uh... Elevated Expressway. I like this little landscape view the panel has. Yeah. Go for it, PK, if you want to. Old comics are worth a fortune. Selling selling them to kids is one of the lowest forms of crime. (laughs) 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 Forget pimping. Forget selling crack. Forget murders. Forget rape. Selling comics... To children is one of the lowest forms of crime in Judge Dredd's mind. Oh my god, he goes on. After one or two, kids get so they can't give them up. And then the price goes up and up. So he's a he's a he's a drug pusher. He's pushing okay. crack. The yep. first hit's free. If I yep. handle this right, I can wipe out the whole comic ring. So yeah, Judge Dredd thinks that selling comics to kids is the lowest form of crime there is. It's just a huge <laughs> analog for crack cocaine. And on top of it, the very first issue of Judge Dredd involves the murder of another judge. 
yeah. Like, and Junction didn't even have such bad things to say about that. Like, maybe it's he thinks that taking advantage of children is wrong. Maybe that's what he's really about, you know? Maybe. But that's still really weird. <laughs> if Congress had stayed the same price, maybe he wouldn't be so mad. Yeah. So our next panel down, off to the left, it shows a couple, a pair of judges speaking to, like, an old walkie-talkie looking overlooking Sam's soda bar. And it says, Judge Dredd made his plans later that night, dot, dot, dot. Two hoods just pulled up in a gray sedan. One of them's in the soda bar now. He's got a suitcase. And it cuts over and we see very weird-dressed people with strange, wild haircuts. And yeah, is it me? Or in this issue, are like the outfits a little more outrageous than usual? It like, seems like they're a little more outrageous than usual, yeah. Like, not even mentioning pinstripes, the pinstripe freak. The, the background characters. Just to give, like, give so much difference between him and the pinstripe freak, you know? Yeah, the background characters look like they're wearing, you know, I, I don't want to say more appropriate to the era because it's weirdly sci-fi, like but like retro futuristic clothes, you know? Yeah, like not what you expect in in cyberpunk, but what you expect in sci-fi, like Star Trek. Agreed. That's a very good distinction. Yeah, much more sci-fi clothes. Yeah. And, uh, Judge, Judge. This guy has like a, a black streak in his hair and a big zipper on his shirt. I didn't even notice the black streak. Yeah. Go for uh, it. Continues, Judge Dredd saying into the uh, in the next panel. They've made the drop. We'll pick up Sam at the soda bar and follow the others on the TV cameras. And then we see a guy at Control HQ. Control to Judge Dredd. Gray sedan now heading east on Third and Groover. The trail led to a building on the east side. You do, you do a better, you do a better dread than me. You take over. Oh my God! Oh, uh, Skinner and Slope. We see dread outside of a place called Skinner and Sloper Importers. Oh yeah, um, and he's like looking, peering around a corner. They're stopping at the Skinner and Sloper <laughs> warehouse. I decided to go for the Stallone. I don't know. I just I feel like it, it, it works. You you do such good voices. I'm like I really need to like bring it up to your level. So I'm working. <laughs> You, I, I enjoy your dread. I, okay. I, I like it a lot. I'll make you read it if he's going to say something ridiculous, though, okay? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> They're stopping at the Skinner and Sloper warehouse. We suspected those two of being behind a big comic syndicate. We've got them now. And uh, he, it shows him knocking on the door to the warehouse, and there's a guy behind a glass pane. Beat it! The warehouse is closed! <laughs> You're going to have to read this next one. He sh- breaks the glass with his lawgiver pistol, points the gun in the, g- the, guy's, the guy's face. Open it, or you'll get an extra nostril. Open it, or you'll get an extra nostril. Good. Yeah. It <laughs> uh, shows him blowing open the door and knocking the guy back. The backup <laughs> units will handle this crumb when they arrive. It's the big fish I'm after. <laughs> he didn't even have to open the door. Yeah. Slammed it open. Yeah. I love how he uses crumb and fish. Like, oh my god. Oh god, yeah. They handled this crumb. I'm after a big fish. Uh-huh. So good. Um, our next panel has him standing tall, holding his lawgiver pistol, looking up at a flight of stairs and some guys behind some windows. Come out of there. You're under arrest. It's- and they're saying down at the bottom of the panel... 
it's it's dread. Waste him. Uh, and we see from the point of view of like behind judges, the judge's pistol shooting yeah, like up the stairs. Like first person. Yeah. Uh, you wise guys never learn. Gunplay don't pay. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. One-liners. <laughs> Gunplay. So, because the one-liners, because of the extra one, the one-liners going on in this episode, I have added a new column to our <laughs> critique. Judge Dread one-liners. Amazing. So it had to be done. <laughs> uh, now we see a couple of guys wearing their weird clothes holding their pistols and sweating in a corner somewhere. Yeah, they, they are, they are, their morale is broken. He's, he's coming up the stairs, Sloper. Catch him in a crossfire as he comes in. Come on in, Judge. We surrender. But. <laughs> Judge Dredd switches his pistol to number four setting, and he, <laughs> and he fires through the glass. That's a good one. You two ought to try out for Fibber's Playtime. Now, <laughs> I can't deal with this issue. They, they haven't told us what Fibber's playtime is. We can no, only like, imagine. The context is it like a like a game show? Is it like it's, a comedy show? It sounds like a game show that you have to lie on. Yeah. Okay. So from the context, we can kind of gleam it, but they don't really explain it. Yeah. Um. The next panel, we see a bullet whizzing all over the room, and uh, uh, it was Skinner, we can imagine, just, oh, like getting, oh. As Sloper rico- uh, mentions, Dread got Skinner with the ricochet bullet. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. So, yeah, we have a new type of bullet introduced, ricochet bullets. Ricochet. So we have heat seekers, ricochet, Express. and high explosive round. Yep. Okay. Um, we see Judge Dredd peering around the corner as Skinner is laying on the ground and Sloper is running out some kind of uh, back door, which you don't know why he didn't do that beforehand. Right. Sloper's run out to the fire escape. Stop right fire! He's <laughs> on the fire escape. And ironically, he's going to fire at him. <laughs> this is true. Uh, next page, we see oh. Judge Dredd adjusting his law giver again, his pistol again, to the number that's six. twice seven. in one issue. Yeah, that's the first time he's ever switched bullets twice in one issue. Dredd turned the bullet to Heat Seeker. I warned you. Oh no, the bullet is following me. It must be a, it must be a, and he gets shot right through the heart, it looks like, <laughs> into the chest. It must be a hot shot. And you can see, like, the bullet's, like, weaving down the stairs and just passes, like, right through the center of his chest, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know the phys- the physics of this, but the bullet must be moving rather slow to, to, to turn <laughs> like that, right? To him to be able to look around behind him, oh, it's coming! Like, <laughs> like later. Oh, yeah, later. We see uh, a scene outside with people being wheeled away in the background by, like, medical people. Yeah, it looks like the criminals are not dead, but they're being—they're going to be hospitalized. And in the foreground, we have two judges uh, holding some small circles in their hands. But in the background, we hear... Uh, Don't we hear, worry, buddy. None of you are going to die. We're going to patch you up real good so you can spend the rest of your life in prison. <laughs> very, uh, very positive stuff going on here. Yeah, dude, if you were hanging on by a thread and, like, you just got shot 
through the chest, maybe your, your lung shot. Wouldn't you just give up at that point, stop fighting to survive? I mean, I think that they're going to do that. Rega- they're going to bring them back regardless. We have almost more t- immortality in these comics, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. But isn't that outlawed? I mean, we'll see. We've learned a lot. Man, you're things right. might change. But in the foreground, one of the judges is saying to Judge Dredd, uh, you sure cleaned out the viper's nest here, Judge Dredd. Look, we found millions of these comic microfilm slugs. What? Yep. Later. I know, I know what microfilm is, but what's a microfilm slug? I, I looked it up. Uh, I Where's the technology at? Technology, technology. Microfilm exists. Micro, uh, micro photographs of documents are still used to this day in 2000, uh, 2020, but the use of slugs here is interesting. It implies that microfilms are the size of bullets. So it's more along the size, like, the size of it, I think. Okay. I'm just, okay, and now I, I just never heard them... I had never heard them uh, described like that. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. We see later back at the Grand Hall of Justice, we have Judge Dredd standing next to the the, uh, Justice... uh, The What's his name? The The Chief Justice? Head Justice? Chief Justice, yes. And there's a bunch of other... uh, Other judges looking on. Um, You can do the Grand Judge if you'd like. All right. Thanks to Judge Dredd, we've ripped out the biggest comic ring in the city. I think you should see the comics they were selling to understand how valuable they are. <laughs> yep, yep. It's going to get better. It's gonna get better. <laughs> so, he finishes by saying, Judge Strong, put one of those comic slugs in the viewer. And one of the judges is like shocked to find out yeah, he is that pose he is doing when he like jumps back in surprise. Yeah. 2000 AD, the famous comic from the 20th century. Brilliant. Each, That's this slug, comic. each sl- comic slug contained a whole issue on microfilm. And Judge Dredd is looking into the camera towards us, the reader, for no reason and saying, Fantastic stuff. No wonder those lawbreakers were charging a fortune for it. Yup. <laughs> okay. Okay, 2080. Don't break your hand patting yourself on the back. Like, holy shit. <laughs> it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's the only proper work of art in the 21st century. Like, no joke. This is where I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever read. <laughs> I was so upset that this issue is effectively a comic pusher. <laughs> like, so good. Like, no joke, this comic is an is an advertisement for comics. Like, what and the like, fuck? It, it's getting a rare compliment from Judge Dredd, too. Yeah, why is Judge Dredd like, oh, these are awesome. Like, should yeah. I be against them? Because even it's so good, it can change Judge like, Judge Dredd doesn't hit the idea of comics no, on their own. He hit well. the idea of getting kids hooked on comics and charging the price up. Uh-huh. So if they were, like, a free uh, 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 utility, something free, which the judges could do now, give away this great, these great works of art. I mean, yeah. Then uh, the city would be better off for it, in my opinion. Um, but it's these greedy okay. underground comic rings <laughs> jacking the price up. It's the real thing that's, like, gonna blow your mind. 
Um, like, if crack was free, wouldn't we all be doing it? Yeah. Um, I want you to remember... I want you to remember that what happens this issue, okay? I want you to... I want issue number 19 to stick in your head, BK, okay? Okay. Because... I, I am putting a pin in this and committing it to memory. Because you're going to have to remember this for the first sentence that happens next issue. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a turnaround that quick. It's the first sentence of the next issue is what gets us. But I'm going to go over the things we have in this in this issue. Uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, reflect. So, settings and places. We have Sam's Soda Bar, an establishment that sold comics to kids illegally on the side. Mm -hmm. um, a, for those who are rather young who may be listening to this, a soda shop is often known as a malt shop, is a business akin to an ice cream parlor and a drugstore soda fountain. They were often found in drugstores. Yep. Interiors were often furnished with a large mirror behind a marble counter with gooseneck soda spouts, plus spinning stools, round marble-topped tables, and wireframe sweetheart chairs. Uh -oh. So, these are a thing of the past. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're before my time, but when I was a kid, I, you know, I read Archie and stuff like that, so... Yeah. I know what they are through osmosis. I, I, I know through cultural osmosis as well. Like, I've seen Greece. I've been in Greece, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Greece. I've seen, I've read Archie. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a relic of the past that's in oh, the future. Oh, Back to the Future? Yeah, oh yeah, Back to the Future as well. Um, another place we visit is Skinner and Sloper Importers and their warehouse. Uh, a warehouse facility that imported comics from where? Who knows? Because importing generally implies it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah. But Which implies the there's place... a world outside of Mega City 1 again. Yeah. The only place we've even named outside of Mega City 1 is Texas City, and that's it. So, did they get the comics in, like, paper form and then put them on the microfilm? Or did the, mi the microfilm come in that way? I think they came in that way. I think that's what they implied, at least. That makes sense. Um... Characters that we have introduced are Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. A, I hope he is returning. <laughs> a low-life street informant with a strange taste for fashion that dresses as a 1920s dandy um, slash gangster. He's, he's Huggy Bear from a... Uh, um, oh, shit. What's that television show? I You got me. I don't know this one. They made a movie out of it starring Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Cops... Oh. Oh, 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 you're thinking of, um, you're thinking of, uh, Van Wilder. No, no, I would, uh, you know, um, that movie, like, uh, it's by Wes Anderson, and it's about the Wacky Family. The oh, real... the Isle of Dogs? Yeah, Isle of Dogs. That's what we're thinking of, Isle of Dogs. What the fuck? <laughs> um, no, it's Starsky and Hutch, is what Starsky I'm actually thinking of. Hutch, there we go. They have, they have an informant, Huggy Bear, who in the movie is played by Snoop Dogg. What the fuck? Okay, I gotta mention though, Judge Dredd pays off, like bribes a guy in this comic. Not a small. He gave him ten thousand credits, which is a lot. Akin to dollars, and like, I don't understand. Is Judge Dredd okay with bribery in that sense? Like, is that an okay thing for him? Things seem a little unusual in this issue. It yeah, seems like, a, it's, like I know it's a little. It's a little bottle episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it's unusual. Um, in this issue, we also have Fat Sam, the owner and proprietor of Sam's Soda Bar, who we do not get to meet, but we see in one uh, one comic panel. Yeah, he looks like a pretty rough dude to be running a soda bar. 
Yeah, pretty gruff and tumble guy. But we also have Judge Strong, our first judge to survive being named in an issue of the Judge Dread comic. Yes, other judges appear and survive, but no (laughs) named judges. Yeah, no, he is the first named judge to survive being named in an episode or in an issue. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. And the only dies and the issue is introduced. Yeah. Uh, We're going to go over the who they were. (laughs) But uh, yeah, the. The, he only survives because he's named in the second to last panel. That's true. Like, and Judge Strong, why don't you open the door? And that's it. Like, that's all he gets. He's, uh, he's you know, after the crumbs that Judge Dredd left behind. Yeah. And he goes to look for the bigger fish. <laughs> that's all he is. There's always a bigger fish. Um, always a bigger fish. Uh, items and technology of note. We have the Lawbreaker's getaway car as a gray sedan. Apparently, they have sedans in the future. Um, I, yeah. Sedan is now a, a catch-all term for any four-doored car. But yeah. I know it, it used to be a model. Yeah, it's it, it just it's very weird. The future to be like we're you know in the future sci-fi dystopian cyberpunk, and it's a gray sedan. Like, yeah. It's very weird. Like, you can't just make up a name. You can't, like, it's, uh, they're in an aerospace Namek number 12. Like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, a, a Phoenix 2200. Yeah, l- l- perfect. Right there. Boom. Done. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome, 2080. You're hired. years ago. You're, you're hired. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider-Man. Um, 30, 50 years ago. What am I thinking? Yeah, it's been a long time. Um... We have another uh, item introduced is the ricochet bullet, our third type of bullet to be introduced in the comic. It is and, uh, the setting number four on Judge Dredd's Lawgiver pistol. There are five settings on the on the gun, or six? Six that we know six of. Settings. So we know three out of six. Yep. Uh, the heat seeker bullet. Is, yep. And uh, explosive. Heat seeker bullet, aka the hot shot, makes a return to this comic from the previous issue. This is the yeah. first issue where Judge Dredd uses multiple special bullet types, which is interesting. Um, and then we have the comic microfilm slugs, which we already went over. Yes. This issue was just nuts with terrible slang, made-up words, and Judge Dredd one-liners. Um, it really was! <laughs> we have the first thing that Max Normal says is to stretch a lobe, which means to give a listen to something. Yeah, completely made up term. Listen, completely made up term for the comics. Oh wow, that's not okay. I thought that was actual slang. No. Okay. All right. If you Google "stretch a lobe," it is only Judge Dredd that shows up. (laughs) Stretch a lobe. I'm gonna gonna put that in my everyday vernacular now. (laughs) Hey, come over here and stretch a lobe. Um, Stretch a lobe with me. (laughs) uh, Hoods is also used, an abbreviation we can assume of the word hoodlums. Yeah. Uh, crumb is a real slang for a worthless person. <laughs> and then my favorite, wise guys, said by Judge Dredd, a person who is brashly and annoyingly conceited. Actual slang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hood is a real slang. Um, wise guys, you know, obviously. Yep. And crumb. And crumb. I'd never heard of that being used, but... I've, it's, I've heard it before. I think probably in some Three Stooges esque type of comedy. Yeah, it seems like that. Um, the two, the two that I loved, Judge Dread one liners this issue are. Oh my god! Open it, or you get an extra nostril. 
That was so good. And then the other one is Gunplay Don't Pay. Gunplay Don't Pay. Which, should it be Gunplay Doesn't Pay? Gunplay Don't Pay, son. But shouldn't it be Gunplay Doesn't Pay? Yes. (laughs) That's very weird. I just realized the English on that's weird. Um, Gunplay Doesn't Pay. Gunplay Don't Pay. Yeah. It's weird. It should be Doesn't, I think. Um, the rhyming is out of control in, in this entire issue. It's, it's all insane. It's a very weird issue. I love it very much. Yeah, um, this yeah, this is the issue that you said that 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 you know made me <laughs> go, "What the fuck am I reading?" <laughs> this really gave me pause. I was before this. I'm like, "This is pretty weird." This time, I was like, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> this is just awfully wonderful." Yeah, it's it's it is that issue that issue makes you go. This is pretty weird. I wonder if it's going to turn into the Judge Dredd I know and love. Eventually. No, it's going down a completely different path. <laughs> um, for world building, I have a lot here. Uh, Judge Dredd complains that Max Normal looks different, encourages him to grow out his hair and get some decent wild clothes. Why does Judge Dredd care about the fashion sense of Max? Which you kind of brought up, he's probably just the old man, you know, set in his ways. Yeah, he's a curmudgeonly old man who's just like, ah, you... You lower, you low life. Yeah. Uh, the next point that I also brought up earlier was Judge Dredd bribes Max Normal with 10,000 credits. Why is Judge Dredd okay with bribery? Is it legal? Also, this is the, the smallest demonetation of money we have seen so far, except for the, the soda pops we saw in the background. Oh, yeah, they're like 300 credits. So maybe a credit is uh, a penny, a cent. Uh... That could be... Well, let's think about that. They said... How much did they say the cars were worth? Like 500,000 credits? Yeah. I don't know if that checks out or not. That'd be only like... I was just thinking with the info we have now, where it's like, a soda for $3.50 makes sense. I don't know. For us now, back then it'd be like insanely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe, maybe there isn't a, an exact current money to credits uh, ratio. ratio, but maybe they're making it up as they go. Yeah, again, they're comic book writers, and they're we are literally going through things with the finest tooth comb we have. Maybe it's a comic book, and we're trying too hard. I don't know. <laughs> maybe um, it's a comic, book and we're trying too hard. It's a good, yeah. Quote. It's a good quote. Um. Old comics in this world are worth a fortune. Judge Dredd considers selling them to kids one of the lowest forms of crime. The lowest form of crime. <laughs> one the of the lowest, lowest forms of crime. Lowest form of He thinks there are worse things, but uh, this is pretty far down there. I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so, <laughs> so very odd. It's so weird. <laughs> like, Judge Dredd, as I know him, if Max, if he, if he would even be caught dead with Max Normal, he wouldn't have bribed him, and he'd have blown both of his knees off to get him to talk. Like, Yeah, he would he would torture this man to get him to talk about the comics. And then when he the got Judge that... Judge Dredd would not care about a comic book drop. Yeah, when he got that information, he wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> comic books. He would just go, he would walk up to Ma- to Sam and be like, you're under arrest for like 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very weird. 
It's it's a very un, it, but it's a fun little bottle issue. I don't I don't dislike it. It's unusual enough for me to find the charm in it, and <laughs> it has some decent action. We see Judge Dredd using a variety of tactics to take down the uh, comic book ring. This is probably the hardest, not the hardest Judge Dredd has fought, but the smartest he has fought. These must be his most intelligent foes. <laughs> um, Which makes sense, thing. because uh, you get all your tactics from comic books. I mean, I guess. It's so... <laughs> it's just, I can't. I just can't think about it. Um, one of the last things that I have here for uh, world building is Fibber's Playtime. It's implied that the lawbreakers should try out for this, so we can only assume that it's a television show which requires an audition of some kind that involves lying. Um, I believe it's our first game show introduced. So yeah, they have a game show a, Mega City One. A game show, or I don't think they had a reality TV back then. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, Wait, when did um, Candid Camera come out? Oh God, be a long time ago. Yeah, it might be around the same era, but. It sounds yeah, like it's a game, game show where you, you make up ridiculous stories and the and people believe it. Or you don't. Are, you might win a prize. Yeah. Um, finally, this is going to be a long one, but I have to I, I have to get this out of my system, okay? Go for it. I, this got me in, irrationally angry, and it's going to happen as I read this, okay? Oh, God. Um, 2000 AD Comics. Finally, 2000 AD Comics has a self-insert this issue, which yeah. means that... A, we, PK and I, are reading a comic that is set in a distant, fictional, cyberpunk, dystopian future. B, in that distant, fictional, cyberpunk, dystopian future, they have copies of the same fictional comic that PK and I are reading, which features Judge Dredd and their own timeline of that same distant, fictional, cyberpunk, dystopian future, which is fictional in the comic. Which means that C, Judge Dredd could read the comic, which, again, is fictional to us and them, about himself, and read the exact issue issue in which he busts up a comic book smuggling ring where he acquires the 2080 comic that no doubt features himself again. This means that if Judge Dredd were to sit and read the comics in those slugs, he would have foreknowledge of his own future timeline in the comics. It's an infinite inception loop, and I'm so angry about it. Andy, Andy, have you considered that they're just having fun and telling a little joke? No! This is (laughs) canon! It's in canon, man! It's so stupid! (laughs) You're so Okay, it would be like if Captain Captain America in, like... Avengers Endgame, like, read the Infinity Wars comic. Oh, the Infinity Wars uh, comic? Yeah. And then was like, oh, cool, so I know what happens. And then, but in that comic, he would be reading that comic. Like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) So stupid. You're so upset. It's great. Like, no joke, dude. Like, this is just, this is a paradox. This is um, an infinite time loop. But like, it's a to us and them. They mention 2080 as a fictional science fiction comic. And we're supposed to like, oh yeah, but Judge Dredd is in that, which is fictional. But they're yeah. Judge Dredd. Like, 
What? So if they have the same comic we do, we are clearly this is clearly our future. But no, that doesn't make any sense though. Remember? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> fucking, uh, we we established this like a couple episodes ago that fucking Mega City One was established like after the year two thousand. Yes. So I don't know, man. It just it made me so irrationally angry <laughs> about this. You're very upset. I am. Do you like, some tea? like, oh my god, why is this a thing? Why was this allowed? It's canon. It's in the fucking universe. <laughs> it's a fun little fourth wall nod. It's there's fourth wall nod, and then there's reality breaking, and this is what that is. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Death count. <laughs> Andy, no. me truthfully, answer me. Go ahead. Do these comic books that are this comic book ever return within the universe? Never, and I hope they don't. They Same. They just stay dead. Um, death count. None of the lawbreakers that Judge Dredd shoots this episode die somehow? Despite, despite the same types of bullets killing people before. Or were those people never killed? And is our death count way less for some reason? Well, I mean, maybe he was making, you know, an effort to be less fatal. He just we fought saw, a war. We saw, like, a hot shot go through a man's chest. Uh, you got me there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of, so far, in my opinion, the worst issue of, of Judge Dredd we've had. <laughs> issue number 19, the comic pusher. Issue number 19, the, the issue where Andy says, fuck it. Dude, it was, it's so, it's so bad. Um, okay. Are you ready to move on to issue 20? Anything else about issue 19 you want to go over? No, I'm good. I'm done. I've got it out of my system, I think. Um, okay. Well, I do want to touch on one thing very quickly. Go for it. The art is evolving. Yes. Not the art, not the art quality, but the art style. There are strange, uh, pseudo futuristic, retro futuristic outfits. Yep. Um, even the background characters look more um, detailed. They look more unique. And weird. And, yeah, and, yeah, and weirder. We're not getting nearly as much detail and background as we had with, uh, what was it, Ian Gibson's, like, amazing art. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, in, I think it was, like, issue 16 or issue uh, 15 that was the first one he did. Um, but it was, there was more world building done in the background of those comics than anything other we've seen so far, pretty much. Like, but the two guys, Skinner and Sloper, uh, they're very unique. They're very yeah. unique for one-shot villains. This is true. This is true. Um, they've got some weird clothes on. They've got, like, long hair and beards and stuff. We haven't seen yeah. Weird, Weird gear, weird helmet helmets. Yeah. Uh, even the guy, like, the guy with the black streak in his hair... The guy who made the drop <clears throat> yep. was only there for, like, what, four panels? So that, to me, is is interesting. We're getting more detail. We can tell these characters apart with, you know, <laughs> just at a glance, and they're very unimportant. I doubt they'll ever return. <laughs> uh, remember what you just said. Not that the return, but you can tell these characters apart from a glance. Remember that you just said that, okay? Okay. What a pain in that. I, that you can tell these characters apart from a glance because come issue 20 yeah I'm looking at these guys and they all 
<laughs> okay, start us out. Okay, so issue 20 is uh, written by Jerry Findlay Day. The artist is Ron Turner, and the lettering was done by Jack Potter. Uh, it is... We see three identical men talking to each other. <laughs> they very much look... Their faces are the same. The only way to tell apart is their hairstyles. Yeah, the one guy has barely different. Hair. Yeah. Um, remember what the previous issue was about, right? Yes. Remember how the last issue... Oh, Judge Dredd broke up a comic book smuggling ring. An illegal underground comic smuggling ring, yes. This is the last issue we just read. I want you to read... The, te- the 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 box bubble in the upper right hand corner of the first panel. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here I go. Mega City One, 2099 AD, where violence has reached epidemic proportions, which can only be combated by the special lawmen known as judges. But these judges themselves are top targets. So violence has reached epidemic proportions. Wow. Okay. Well, they didn't have a war. What was the last issue about? Uh, Comic book smuggling, Andy. But about um, getting kids on comic books? Violence has reached epidemic proportions. (laughs) And we're breaking up a comic book smuggling ring. Yeah, well, you know, fight problems as they appear. Continuity, guys. God damn it. Just read the last issue. It was a fun bottle issue. <laughs> Leave it alone. I can't. I can't. It's part of the canon. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we see three guys, like at like one guy is opening up like some kind of briefcase. Um, one is uh, the one who's opening up a briefcase or a big long kind of rifle case is holding some kind of weird, strange alien esque rocket launcher thing, almost like a railgun. It looks almost like a, like a yeah like an RPG, but like with you know the kind with the model with the rocket, yeah, mounted on the front, not within the barrel. Yeah, and we have one of his goons behind him saying, "Hey, gorilla, it's almost sunup." <laughs> yeah, time for another judge to die. I'll show everyone in. Wow, time for another judge to die. Yeah, I'll show everyone I'm the best hitman in Mega City, and. We Best st- men in Mega City. In Mega City, yep. I guess they don't call it Mega City One, but they call it Mega City. They did call it Mega City One in the first text bo- box, but you know. Yeah, it's it's. This is the first time since they referred to it as Mega City One, they've referred to it as anything else. This is true. Um, our next panel, we see the three guys kind of overlooking a police department that has one of the judges riding out on his lawmaster bike. Is look, there's Judge Carter. And the thumbs up. You can watch this. My solar gun will fry me a judge. And His now, solar gun. Solar gun, yes. And uh, you, we all know what happens to judges who are not Judge Dredd. They get named in episodes. Yeah, they die. This is not going to end well. Um, can you read the text box coming up next above this guy? Okay, I okay. Uh, the first word has me confused. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tharg note: the sword gun is powered by the sun's rays and capable of incinerating a tank. 
And Gorilla says, as he's looking through the scope of this big thing, Burn, Judge, burn! And if you flip the page... Oh my god! Yeah, we see the from the from the window like a laser beam hitting the judge on his lawmaster, and he, it's just like an outline of the judge, and his skeleton is left. Yeah, um, the, the the lawmaster seems to be exploding, and you can the judge is. It took like, the part in Star Wars where like Darth Vader was getting zapped with the electricity. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like his. You can see his skeleton, um, and you see, someone says. You got him, Gorilla. You're back. You back. Now for our next hit. Well, they're just like talking casually while this man is 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 screaming. <laughs> Burning alive, or very quickly, hopefully. Um, later, the Grand Judge arrived on the scene. So we got the Grand Judge outside of the Hall of Justice. This is yeah, oh my god, he's out there doing field work. Okay, yep. shit, this must yeah. be serious. He's got the chain and badge that are have Judge Carter's name on them. Yep. And he's saying to Judge Dredd, uh, that's the third judge hit by the solar sniper. All that's left is a mess of burnt crisps. First Abel, then Baker, then Carter. Wait a minute. Abel, Baker, and Carter. ABC? Yep. Oh, and, and now me, Judge Dredd. As Dredd is walking up, with a, what appears to be a piece of paper in his hand. And he... Uh, yeah, he got this... His, yeah. Yeah. Also, in this next panel, we get kind of a close-up of Judge Dredd and the piece of paper he's holding, and it he shows a lot it. of his face. The, yeah, I love, he seems to be holding the note for us viewers to read as well. And he's saying, This note was given to my servo robot, Walter. Oh, God. A, a death note. No no relation to the anime. Yeah. No, I want you to write something for me, Grand Judge. And <laughs> the note we can say reads... Hey, Judge Dredd, you got till high noon, your friendly hitman. <laughs> like, hey, hey Dredd, you got till like, high noon. Just letting you know. Hey, uh, hey. you got till uh, noon. Hey, Judge Dredd, you got till high noon, um, your friendly <laughs> hitman. <laughs> Hope it's not inconvenient. See that? <laughs> Bye. So he is reading this note, and he's um giving the grand he's giving the grand judge orders. It seems like here. Yeah, like, he wants the grand judge to write something for him. Yeah, now you write this for me. <laughs> your boss, you bitch. you write you you write the words. <laughs> judge Dredd not write so good. <laughs> good. Dread bad with the non-pictures. <laughs> we can give Judge a lot of shit, but it's actually not very dumb. No, he's not. He's but, got a very, very simple way of thinking things sometimes, though. Yeah, he's got a very black and white worldview, but he's not stupid. PK, I need you to describe this next panel for me, please. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, let me let me get my words. We have a a. The strangest building I have seen in this in the comic so far. Yeah, yeah uh, it's got fair. Like almost like a cathedral-like roof with three peaks. It looks kind of like the Sydney Opera House. It does. It looks like the Sydney Opera House, which is what I was going to uh, compare it to as well. So yeah, um, 
it's just very strange. Um, it's yeah. got a big five-pointed star on the front. Uh, again, more strange peaks on the left and right side of it. Yep. And it says, Weather Congress. Weather Congress. Oh, that's a strange name. Yup. Huh? Um, we see... Ju- uh, we see a judge on his lawmaster heading towards the uh, Weather Congress on a uh, street, and we see following behind, not too far That's off. Them. Yep, the three goons. We found Judge Dread Gorilla. We'll stick with him till high noon. They really love saying that. Yeah, high noon. It's really fun. Uh, another guy, I think Gorilla responds. Yeah, but I wonder why he's going into Weather Congress. Weather Congress. That's the. I think we've seen a weather control satellite. Yes, we have. Is this related to that? We're gonna find out. I think. Um, what, do they have to have a Congress? I'm like, what kind of weather should we have? Do, Not lightning storms. That's a good question. In the next panel, uh, it says, uh, in a in a text box, oh, the yeah. weather building was the ground station for Mega City Atmosphere Control asterisk, okay. which is referring to. Tharg Note C Prog 16. What are these Tharg Notes? We're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so there's really the... like a a third, uh, like, a, like a, a narrator this issue. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So this is the, the, like the ground control for atmosphere control. Yes. Ground okay, space. I don't know why they have to have a building on the ground, but... We'll find out maybe. Yeah. We see Judge Dredd hopping off his log, uh, lawmaster and a guy waving him down. Ah, Judge Dredd, you want to see our program? Yes. And inside, go for it. The citizens have come in in a... The, the citizens, the citizen votes have come in by a big majority. They wanted to be, what they want today to be kept hot and sunny. Afraid not, controller. Here, read this. Um, Our weather warned, but this is highly irregular. It's the word of the law. Now get moving. <laughs> so we can see on the paper in these massive computer banks and such, on the paper it says February 24th, 2090. So it's February 24th, Ooh. 2090 right now. Yeah. Um, But it says control on the p- sheet of paper he handed over. It says control weather Congress from Grand Judge. You are hereby to order to make something. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the order that Judge Dredd is giving him. Yep. Soon after, we see outside of the Weather Congress building, Judge Judge Dredd is exiting. Yeah, and, and Gorilla and his goons pull right up to the Weather Congress. Gorilla's got his uh, solar gun out. Dredd, dead on time. Yep, he'll be dead on high noon. Well, if you guys, you guys could just say noon. <laughs> got, no, it's got to be high noon every time. Matthew Mercer would be happy to know. It's high noon. Okay, fry dread. What the? My gun's going cold. It's lost the heat. Look, gorilla, a patch of cloud across the sun. In bold italics, in bold lettering. Yeah. <laughs> like the next panel, we have. Uh, it looks to be dread again on his on his lawmaster. And what are you um, reaching for? He, he, oh, it's like the cool... Like, you know how in the Western movies they have like, the shotgun on the side of the horse and that little yep. holster? He's got that going on, and that's always one of my favorite tropes. Yep. I will say that right now. I love when that shit happens. Like, in Terminator <laughs> 2... Um, 
Yeah, just like the weather warrant ordered. Lucky I spotted the flashing in that car. And he yells out, Halt, or I'll use my law. Yep, yep. You can do it. You can what? do it. Keep <laughs> going. Halt, or I'll use my law rod. And Gorilla yells, Here comes the judge. Move. <laughs> the law rod, dude. Yep. Okay. All right. Got it out of my system. I okay. Gotta say, that is definitely the name of Judge Dredd's penis as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, kill him. Shoot him the old-fashioned way. Give him the sieve treatment. <laughs> the sieve treatment. Um, and we see, but oh, first. He, 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 I can't. <laughs> but Dredd's powerful law right first. Out of my way, punks. I want to throw this sniper. Uh -huh. Powerful law rod. His powerful law rod spoke first. <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, wow. The car, which is being driven by the other two guys, not Gorilla... The car crashed into the weather building, and Gorilla's hopping out. Ha! I'm okay, but Dredd's still after me. Gotta hide somewhere in here. And someone else says, Look out! Flying glass! <laughs> um, and it says, You see Gorilla heading to the research rooms only, shoving a young woman out, scantily clad out of the way. Eek! Yeah, she seems to be like wearing a one-piece bathing suit with a very open back. Yeah! Again, strange pseudo-futuristic uh, retro clothing. Kind of out of place here in this issue because everyone's wearing like jackets and shit. Yeah, and also we're like in a science lab. Well, we're we're at, we're still at uh, Weather Building, right? Yeah, but he's going to the research wing. Yeah, and he says uh, the lifts they'll do. Got to escape. Okay, so Gorilla's I... obviously just running, looking for. He's not going to the research place on purpose. He's yeah. just wild, wildly looking for a place to hide. So we're gonna. <laughs> what? Yep, yeah. Gorilla yeah. jumped out at the top floor. That dark room looks like a good place to hide. He says, pointing towards a dark room, but standing in front of the dark room is... Is a scientist, uh, apparently a scientist, wearing a lab coat, thick glasses, holding his arm out to, to stop Gorilla from entering his lab. But most importantly, he's holding a chimpanzee. <laughs> and the scientist says... Hold it! Who are you? You can't go in! Not allowed! <laughs> Gorilla, oh my god! Yeah. He's waxing with his powerful solar rod. No, nope. it's a solar gun. Get out of my way! And the chimp comes off. He hits him like a, like a mace, and the scientist falls over immediately. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's not the mace, it is the solar gun, but you the leash. It is the solar gun he hits him with, not the but not the solar rod. It's a law rod. Yes, I just wanted to say I knew I knew it's a solar gun. I just wanted to say powerful rod. <laughs> I just I confess I just want to say powerful rod more. You know, um, go ahead for uh, gorilla, uh, gorilla's next line. 
Myrtle is like hiding. It's a close-up panel of his face as he hides in the in the dark room, smiling to himself. Yep. Fred will follow me, but I'll crush his skull as soon as he comes to the door. And the computer responds. Hatch closes. Hatch is closed. Test animal in capsule. Automatic countdown started. Countdown? What the? Ignition. Sun probe. Rocket nine has lift off. As Dredd arrived, he is standing over the body of the knocked out, possibly dead scientist with the chimp. Who seems to care for the man. Yeah. Uh, the computer is saying, we are looking good, leaving launch silo smooth and clean. And Dredd's, Dredd says, By storm! The rockets lifted off with girl inside instead of the chimp! <laughs> 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 yup. That all was just a setup for a girl, for a monkey joke. Oh my god! Yeah, they named the bad guy because they're gonna have a chimp instead. Oh, and we see and, and the rocket is labeled Sun Probe, which is uh, I think they said that earlier. Yep, we yeah, see the rocket. rockets have lift off. We see the rocket heading straight for the sun in the next panel. Let me Let out! Me out! Take me back! And. Sun Probe 9 on course for three-year close orbit of Sun. If the test animal comes back alive, we will know if we can set up a manned weather station close to the Sun. And Judge Dredd... And Dredd's watching him launch into our... You know, he's looking out the window at the the rocket launch. Yep. No way to take you back, gorilla. Sun probes are fully automatic. You killed by the Sun, and now you're gonna get... The worst case of sunburn ever! <laughs> All bold, t- capitalized. Alright. So, and it says at the bottom, experience future shock again <coughs> next week. So, yeah, there's a lot going on this episode. Yeah, we got, we got, we got some discussions to have about what's going on right now. Um, so, we'll start off with the, the basics. Settings and places. We have Weather Congress, what we can only assume is a governmental body that allows uh, and administrates the weather control uh, that should be for the day, which is apparently voted on. Yeah, it's democratic. People, citizens. He mentioned citizens come in and vote. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. I don't know how that works, but I guess. Like, how often do you vote for the weather? Every single day? Is it just like a call-in and you just vote for sunny and nice, or what? Yeah, is it like a radio call-in show? Or, like, or do you, like, do you I, get, like, a, a little a little calendar every month? And like, oh, sunny, cloudy, rainy. Like, I don't know. How often do you vote for this shit? It's very odd. Is um, it national voting, or do you have to vote? Remember, originally, it was said that the the judges are voted in by the people. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Like judges are elected, which was like, what? There's a lot of democratic process going on, I'm assuming, because they have to give these people a lot of things to do because it is a 20-hour work week. 10-hour. 10-hour Ten Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Don't extend it. That's twice the amount of work they're doing. A 10-hour work week, which I do in about a day. Um... <laughs> uh, which I do never, uh, thanks to our wonderful coronavirus. <laughs> I'm essential. Hey, I'm unessential. Um, characters in- introduced this issue. We have Gorilla, the Hitman, the Solar Sniper. He's a Hitman, but no one really hired him. 
and he's killing judges. Maybe he's like trying to build up his rep. I mean, well, okay, he said so... he's like the best hitman. Yeah, uh, he likes to be tooting his own horn. Is he actually a hitman if no one hires him? Will we ever find out if someone hired him? Probably. That's true. He could be. He actually could be being hired. Someone could have hired. Oh yeah, go kill, go and kill a judge uh, alphabetically by last name, one every day. Yeah, he was literally working his way from A B C D. Dread was yeah. Um, this to me, it's very much the hints I'm getting are. Uh, a writer thought up a very cool weapon, the solar gun, and then they tried to make an entire story around it. It's a and possibility. It's not, it's not the worst, but it's not the strongest. Yeah. But the gun is interesting, and that seems like the high point of the issue. Uh, I'll give you that. Um, other characters introduced, we have Judge Carter, Judge Abel, Judge Baker, uh, all of whom are killed off screen, except for Judge Carter. Um, who we see die uh, graphically. Yes. Um, items and technology of note. Items and technology. So we have a solar gun, a large rocket launcher looking laser gun that is capable of incinerating a tank in a single shot, but only yeah. works at high noon, apparently. Well, and maybe it's, and it's most powerful at high noon. Okay, so I look at this gun, and it's actually a very, to me, a very interesting design and idea. I like the little solar panels on the, on the top of the barrel. Yep. I like that it's vaguely a rocket launcher. Yeah. And I like that it shoots a very destructive beam but only when sunlight is at its strongest mm -hmm. i actually really like i feel like you know this could be not a uh, centerpiece for a plot but it could be a very important part of a plot for something bigger possibly but, but for an issue it's a really good centerpiece i will i will give them that okay um another item technology we have to note is the law rod a long barrel <laughs> rifle I know. Get it out. Go ahead and get it out. <laughs> it was so unexpected. <laughs> they just started yelling about Judge Dredd's powerful law rod. Very powerful law rod. Mm, uh, my law rod. A long barrel rifle that Judge Dredd uses to kill the gorilla's accomplices. This gun hasn't been used since issue 6 when Judge Dredd shot down a stolen air taxi piloted by Ringo, a mugger turned insane person. Who decided to shoot up the new Statue of Judgment? Yes. Uh, so that's the second time we've seen it before. Other times it's just been gone. And then we have technology. We have Sun Probe 9. What we can only assume is the ninth Sun Probe that is being sent to the sun to orbit at close distance. Yeah, its journey, okay. Its journey is supposed to take three years total. Okay. But it's moving closer to the sun. So, so orbit be shorter than one year? Here, here, so I did the math. Fun okay. fact. Uh, it is 93.21 million miles or 149.6 million kilometers from the Earth to the Sun. Okay. Uh, fun fact number two. Voyager 1 travels at about 38,000 miles per hour, give or take. So not including acceleration or deceleration, it would take about 100 days for this probe to reach the atmosphere of the sun. Okay. Uh, fun fact number three. If it takes roughly 100 days to get cl into close orbit of the sun and then 100 days to get back, and the journey of Sun Probe 9 is supposed to take three years, that means that Gorilla will be spending 895 Earth days circling the sun in close orbit. 
for well, no reason. Maybe that's okay. So maybe there is a reason. Maybe the reason is I need to test long-term exposure to solar rays at that distance. But here's a question, though: How was a chimp supposed to feed itself, or maintain the rocket, or do anything in space on its own? Okay, so they said the rocket is automated. They go out of their way to say that. They said it's automated. Yeah, it's. They said, um, "Oh my God, where is it?" Uh, you gotta feed the chimp. Chimps are intelligent. Maybe it's smart enough to feed itself. But like, <laughs> is it gonna know to ration food? Uh, good question. <laughs> okay, I mean, so also here's a question as well: Was there their only option to send a monkey into orbit around the sun and see if it comes back alive? Yeah, you think there could be a better a way to record and survivability? Like, isn't there some kind of technology, like, say, maybe a robot that would be able to record this data without endangering a monkey? No way to take you back, Gorilla. Sun probes are fully automatic. Uh, other question I had for you. Is this the first living organism outside of the giant praying mantises and the brain blooms that we've seen in this issue, in, in the comics so far? It is. It's the first non-human... Like, um, like animal. Yeah, everything else we've seen has either been human or um or oh, fictional, yeah. like giant mantis or brain bloom. Yeah, this is like the first animal animal we've seen. We haven't seen a dog even up to this. You're point. right. I don't think uh, we've seen like birds or anything flying around in the in the background. We've seen lots of bird imagery. There's lots of bird statues. Yeah. Holy um, crap. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I don't know what to think. You don't even see birds perching anywhere in the comics, yeah. which is weird. We see robots and humans and giant mantis. Uh, there were robot dogs at one point, weren't there? Uh, yes, there were robot dogs that attacked. Strange, yeah, all we've seen is robots, humans, and fantastic creatures. This is the first animal. Yes. Interesting. Um. Another uh, made-up word that we we're going to look at, or a first, the only made-up word really used in this issue, is Tharg. Um, yeah, he, he's... So, there are two Tharg notes that appear in this issue, right? The first yeah. of which being, the solar gun is powered by the sun's rays and capable of incinerating a tank. The second Tharg note is, the weather building was the ground station for megacity atmosphere control. See Prog 16. So it's very like outside of the comics in a way. Yeah, um, when I was when I was an adolescent in the late '90s, early 2000s, reading Spider-Man comics, they would have you know Spider-Man would reference something that had happened. He'd be like, "Oh, Electro, I remember that." You know, he'd be like, "Electro would show up and he'd be like, Spider-Man, you gotta help me out." And Spider-Man would be say something along the lines of, "I remember this specifically because it was the first time I had noticed this." He said, "The last time we met Electro, you left me, you know." tied up on the top of the Empire State Building with a bad case of um, vertigo. And then the, there's a little editor's note saying Spider-Man, Amazing Web of Spider-Man issue 211. So, yeah. And, like, Stan Lee or something. That so, is a good note. Yeah. Um, what so I when you reference out. something that you might not know about, an editor, an editor would sometimes put a little uh, speech block yeah. to let you know when and what this is referencing. So I did some research. Tharg's, okay. Tharg's Future Shocks is a long-running series of short strips in the British weekly comic 2000 AD in oh. 1977. The name originates 
from the, from the fictional editor, fictional editor of 2000. Ah. And the book titled Future Shock, written by Alvin Toffler, published in 1970. Um, the series began its, in issue 25 of 2080, titled Tharg's Future Shocks, in a single short story written by Steve Moore, who also created the format. This established the pattern of the series, which would be two or three page short stories, which were usually self-contained. These stories would be testing grounds for new artists and writers and creators, resulting in the stories having a much very mixed level of quality. Some of the successful authors, such as Peter uh, Milligan, Alan Davis, Alan Moore, and Grant Grant Morrison found some of Grant Morrison? Yeah. And Grant Morrison found some of their earliest work published as Future Shocks. Holy shit. So yeah, Tharg is the uh, fictional editor. Fictional editor. Um, This is, I think, the only issue I've read that involves or has Tharg mentioning anything. Okay. So That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know why it was chosen for this one issue, but Tharg shows up and comments in this issue. Um, I, yeah, I... <laughs> an, another terrible slang that we have in this issue is the sieve treatment, which presumably means to fill someone full of holes via gunshots. Yeah, that's what I... That's, again, like, with no context, just taking it at face value, that's what I assumed it meant. Yeah. Uh, world building. Right off the bat. Violence has reached epidemic proportions. The issue after Judge Dredd breaks up a comic book smuggling ring. Okay, this could just be sensationalism. This could just be, you know, hyperbole. But, you know... You and I know that, like, Mega City 1's supposed to be this horrible, grungy... Like, even 2012 AD Judge Dredd... 2012 Dredd, the movie, has that type of world, you know? Yeah, it's very violent. Urban unrest is at an all-time high. But... But the issue beforehand... I can't go for... It's a rough time. I can't get over it. There was comic books. They were stopping kids from reading comic books. It's so bad. Um, (laughs) The uh, next thing we have, citizens vote for the weather at Weather Congress. Uh, I can almost guarantee this will never be mentioned again, ever. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to ever come up again. And I don't know how that functions, because you can't vote every single day. Um, but we do know that the, the Grand Judge can issue a weather warrant to the Weather Congress to override the public opinion on what the weather should be for an unspecified amount of time. I mean, that's, that's fairly true to real-world laws, except for the weather control part. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, citizens can vote, citizens can vote in an election to have a parade on a certain day. Um, and... If there is a threat big enough, a government uh, official can say, we have to delay this or cancel it. I mean, we all know about government overriding stuff currently in our current time. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. Current events, especially. Yeah. Uh, and then according to the digital clock, we see at Weather Congressional Building. The date is currently uh, 24-2-2090, so February 2nd in their world. Uh, and our death count for the issue, we have three judges are confirmed dead this issue, slash prog, killed by the Solar Sniper. These are Judges Abel, Judge Baker, and Judge Carter. They join Judge Diablo and Judge Alvin in the great Judge's Canteen in the Sky. 
Oh man, I'll, I'll lift my my next uh, my next student to those dead d- judges. Those poor dead bastards. Um, so yeah, that was issue twenty, uh, the Solar Sniper. Yeah, like I said, I I had the suspicion that they thought up a really cool weapon. And they thought up they a lot a lot of this weapon like okay, what would make the, what could weaken the weapon? The lack of sun would make the weapon stronger if you attack at high noon. It mm-hmm. see everything seems to orbit around haha, funny. Uh <laughs> the weapon. And that to me isn't a bad way to write an issue, but not my favorite way. Um So I have a treat for you, PK. Oh boy. Issue number twenty one has, in my opinion, the closest approximation we have seen so far to the Judge Dredd as you and I know him. Oh! So this issue coming up is... uh, Do you mean Judge Dredd the character or Judge Dredd the world? Judge Dredd the character. Ah, the the very stoic, um, hard-nosed... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Also, Black and white thinking. Yeah. Also, this issue features our favorite artist, Mr. Ian Gibson. All right. I'm very excited for the quality of this issue. Yeah. Ian Gibson is the guy who did those few progs back in the Robot Wars that we very, very much loved because they were so very detailed and awesome. Yeah. The, I just remember the, the the shading, the look on, on Call Me Kenneth's terrifying face, honestly. Uh, the, and I the strange alien robots. I knew the second I looked at this issue, I'm like, oh, this is Ian, this is Ian Gibson again. This is awesome. Right so, on, right on, right on. Issue 21. It is written by John Wagner, artist Ian Gibson, and letters are done by Peter Knight. What say we dive into this? Yep, let's get started. So we see... Oh uh, my god! Yeah. Uh, Mega City 1, giant metropolis of the 21st century, where crime runs rampant in the streets. Judges had been appointed to hand out instant justice. Most feared of all was Judge Dredd. And we see Judge Dredd, like, kicking in a, a door with his lawgiver pistol brandished. Yeah, and he's he... yelling... Go ahead. Raise him high, you scum. You're under arrest. And we see an apartment in Sector 4. Judge Dredd had burst in on the hideout of a murder gang. Murder gang. That's the worst kind of gang. And like, of all the gangs there are, murder gangs, pretty bad. Yeah. I wonder what they do. Um, we see a bunch of like guys around a card table with like alcohol. Everyone's like springing to their feet. They're yeah. all reaching for their side, uh, side pistols. It's Judge Dredd. Go for your rods. Ah! Foolish words, lawbreaker. And we see Judge Dredd, like, blasting these guys, but it's all kind of, like, laser pistol-y? Yeah. I mean, we know for a fact that the, the, the lawmaster, the lawbringer, shoots Lawgiver. Lawgiver. Damn it. <laughs> it shoots... It, it very much shoots bullets. Yes. But... but I seeing... mean, those could just, like, be uh, stylistic bullet trails. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, uh, little explosions for... Uh, effects where this person has just been shot. So maybe there's some kind of stun setting that we don't know about? Oh, that could also be true. Um, but they say Judge Dredd says, foolish words, lawbreaker. They could prove fatal. And he just guns everyone down. And we what see like first page. 
In the oh, background, I, I really like this. Yeah, in the background of all this is like the grimace of Judge Dredd super blown up, and this is all happening in like the foreground, which is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, this final panel, especially, we have Judge Dredd quickly dispatching two uh, people in a murder gang. And if you look at the guy on the right, uh, this is so detailed. He actually has cards in the back of his belt, as if he's cheating at the card game. Wow! I never noticed that. I just noticed that. And this is a really great panel. And, okay. and the background uh, is just a very detailed face of Judge Dredd's... A very detailed picture of Judge Dredd's face. <laughs> it's... The detail that Gibson does is so good, dude. I love the shading uh, uh, above the top lip, under the nose, uh, under the <laughs> bottom lip. That 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 stubby chin, it's it probably took a couple hours at least through the shading. <laughs> Yeah, I spent about six hours in the shading under your eyes. Um, in our next panel, we see one of the goons who was at the poker game. Looks the same, uh, but he's got his arm in a sling, and he's talking to Judge Dredd outside. Saying, <laughs> it very much reminds me of like, old parody movies. Oh, where, yeah. Where like, a guy would get shot like to Swiss cheese, and like, in the next scene, he'd be alive like with some bandages on. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if you look at the first panel... Uh, or the second panel, you can see he's getting the gun shot out of his hand. Oh my god, you're right! He's shooting and, the gun out of his hand. And Again, it's the what same a great hand. detail. It's the what? same hand that's in the sling. That's great! Dude, Ian Gibson, man. Ian Gibson yeah. pays attention to this shit. That's um, amazing! So, he says to Judge, uh, I'll do him, you do the Judge. Okay. I'll get 40 years for this! Reduce my sentence, Dredd, and I'll tell you where you can find our leader, Mr. Buzz. He's holed up in a cheap hotel in Old Town. Many thanks. In recognition of your cooperation. Do it. <laughs> in recognition of your cooperation, I reduce your sentence to 39 years, 364 days in an isolation cube. <laughs> so uh, he, he did reduce his sentence yep. by a day. One day? One lousy day? He's doing the 1970s shaking his fist at Dredd in the air as Judge Dredd rides off towards an awesome dystopian background and someone else says Judge Dredd ain't got no heart. But someone else comments but without a man like him, our streets wouldn't be safe to walk in. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, the 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 uh, the personality of this character, this 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 uh, murder gang member. Yep. He is very uh, easily distinguished with his bald hair on bald on top, long, hair long in the back, uh, <laughs> with massive sideburns that grow into a mustache. A handlebar mustache, yeah. He is a very distinct uh, model, a very distinct drawing, and that's I'm, I love that. Uh, it's it's so good, dude. I love these. I love this art style so much. I wish every issue was drawn by Gibson. Um, our next big wide panel we have here has got Judge Dredd pulled up with uh, his on his Lawmaster bike, and this awesome cityscape with judges all around this big kind of squattish building in the background. Um, these, these, these sky, these not skyscrapers, because I assume we're in the, the we're in the cheap hotel in Old Town, which has got to be closer to the. Buildings, they have like 
there are bridges and roads in the sky. Yeah. It's, it's fucking very awesome. good. And we have a guy saying to Judge Dredd, we got Mr. Buzz holed up on the second floor, but we can't get him out. Don't worry. There's one way. And, Dredd uh, to control. Slap a demolition order on the flea pit at the 3rd and Grover. Has something happened to the building? Yeah. It just burned down. <laughs> uh, so. Okay, so... Okay. Alright. Keep it uh, going. That's some cool panel work. Yep. Um, in the bottom left panel where he says that terrible one-liner, Judge Dredd has like a little hint of a smile. He's a little bit of a grin. He's, uh, he's happy with the, the arson he's about to commit. Maybe he should join an arson gang. Uh, you next panel we see him, <laughs> yeah, an arson gang instead of a murder gang. We see him pouring, well, we can only assume it's gasoline. Yeah, and the face of this building, a giant container. I'm burning it down under the Public Health Act of 2087. This place is infested with a rat. <laughs> oh my god! And then firing and sh- lighting up the gasoline as this onlooker says. My hotel! My hotel! The city will pay. Just thank your stars I don't arrest you for harboring, harboring a fugitive. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming this man is the owner of the building, and he is rightfully uh, angry and surprised that Judge Shred has shown up and what? decided, oh, there's a criminal in your building? Well, I will burn the building down. Like, is this not, like, the most Judge Dredd he's been so far? This is spot on the Judge Dredd that I know. This is... Uh, an overreaction. <laughs> like, he, using the law to the full extent. To, to pound in like a, a, a little nail. Like, using the longest extent of the law to, like, fuck somebody over. That's Judge Dredd. Yeah, that is Judge, Judge Dredd as I know him. Well, what's what's the saying? A sledgehammer for a nail or something like that? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> when everything when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Although, yeah. Nails. Something like something like that. Uh, our next panel, I gotta have you describe for me, though. Oh my god! <laughs> I just turned the page. And, okay, so okay, so we in the foreground we have the 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 hotel, the cheap hotel burning, and yep, out of a window <laughs> jumps something. Yep. It looks to be like a Lord Voldemort. <laughs> it's an he's interesting choice. Ears. Yep. I, I can't make out his his mouth. He looks like a bat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. He's got these pointy ears, this, oh, these, this very shadowed face, this wide open mouth using uh, echolocation, I'm assuming. Um, and someone yells, look, there he goes. He's jumping for that side street. And this person thing... Is going bzz, bzz. Oh, that's him. I thought those were like smoke alarms or something. But he's he is using echolocation. Because Go ahead. the very next panel says, My, my doc, he he hasn't got any eyes. Ah! As uh, the guy, some guy is getting punched in a car, and Mr. Buzz raced toward a nearby car and he punches this guy. So what? Bzz. You haven't got any teeth. Oh, and he punches his teeth out of his mouth. Yeah. What the hell is this Nosferatu? <laughs> it's, um, 
So oh. we have a blind bat-looking guy who uses echolocation. Uh, his uh, outfit looks he looks like, like what Michael Jackson wore in the bad music video. I have a different opinion of that. Um, Go ahead for the next panel. Okay, okay. So, again, we see the city burning. Um, or the building, actually. Yep. And there are thought bubbles above this crowd as this car speeds away. Uh, no wise that Mr. Buzz is a mutant. Mutants hate ordinary people. And this is some very good say-don't-show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mutants hate ordinary people because they themselves are warped. That's why they were banned from the city. <laughs> but why um, is Mr. Buzz getting in the car to drive? How would you describe this car looking, PK? Yeah, <laughs> it looks like... Does it look like a Batmobile? It does. It looks like a, a, a sleek sports car, like a Batmobile from the from the Adam West show. So we've got a Batman getting away. <laughs> in a bat. You can see the biz from on the yep. front of the car. Yep. I cannot take this Nosferatu too seriously when he keeps saying buzz. Um, Judge Dredd raced after the stolen car. You can see a close-up shot of Mr. Buzz. By the way, it's Buzz with three Z's. Yeah, it's Mr. Buzz. Uh, uh, Judge Dredd in the in the background racing after this car. Um, and we see uh, Dredd now firing his lawgiver pistol while riding and thinking to himself, Now this mutant has returned to take revenge by killing people. He's got to be stopped. Okay, so this mutant uh, is the, the head of the murder gang. Yep. Okay, so that's what his uh his he is his entire motivation is revenge. He has and started I, a murder gang to kill people because he was exiled from the city. But the murder gang weren't mutants. No, they were just some guys. I mean <laughs> Yeah, he's a mutant, but he likes killing people, right? So, you know, why not? <laughs> okay, so we see Judge Dredd uh shooting uh presumably the car. And yep. then the, we get the the narration out of control. The car swerved, and we get another very good panel yeah. of the Batmobile crashing into a lamp, a, a, a street post, a street lamp. Mm-hmm. And as Mister Buzz, who did not use his safety belt, I'm assuming, <laughs> um, flying through the windshield and hitting it very painfully, looking, um. While the, the, the sound effects say crash! Like a lamp post. a very quiet bzzz. <laughs> and our next panel we see is uh, him firing at Judge Dredd and hitting his lawgiver bike. Oh. As there's like a shop behind him with some ladies shopping. And Judge Dredd's saying, he's running into that store. A lot of innocent people could get hurt. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I do something fast. And we just see him blowing through the front of a store towards us, the, and just jewelry and mirrors and busts of shit exploding. Every kind of decoration going, going, going flying in every direction because he love, drove his bike through the through the display window. I love that people could get hurt unless I act fast and just blows through the front of this building. <laughs> Someone come on the other side of the window, Judge Dredd! Like, Judge Dredd, what are you doing? Someone could get hurt unless I hurt them first! We gotta stop them! Um, 
We also see the name of the building is called Sears and R-O-E-B. Is that Sears and Roebuck? How do you that is Roebuck? Sears and Roebuck Company, the original name for the modern-day Sears jewelry. Oh apparently, apparently still fucking exists after the apocalypse. Even though Sears is uh, right now currently closing. Really? Well, I know a lot of their shops are in trouble. I don't know if the, the business is going under, but I know they're not looking great. Is it because of the virus? No, this was before the virus. Damn. We have a mutual. We have a, our friend Brian. He worked at Sears and was, you know, getting no hours until so he had to get a different job. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, apparently, the, I didn't. I did some research. I didn't know the Sears and Roebuck company was a thing. I knew of Sears. I didn't know Sears and Roebuck, but it's been around since like the eighteen somethings or other. It's been along for a long time. I had heard the name Sears and Roebuck. I didn't know if that was like the full name for the company. Yeah, or an old name or it was an old name. Okay, I had but I had heard Sears and Roebuck before. I don't remember where. Um, anyways, did a weird weird tangent. I gotta say the art of Judge Dredd blasting into this thing is yeah. So- I was gonna mention that too. The uh, the the panel is a full third of the page of him driving through the window. And the, all the items going flying with dynamic action lines. It's so good looking, dude. Like, Even the bust near the bottom right of the panel, uh, it, it's just fantastic. Um, and we see Judge Dredd firing and shooting a gu- the pistol out of uh, Mr. Buzz's hands. Drop that gun, mutant. <laughs> to if which- you think you finished me, Dredd, bzz, you underestimate <laughs> the powers of Mr. Buzz! Buzz! <laughs> I wonder why he's called Mr. Buzz. We should, we should I can't probably, figure it out. Yeah, we should probably like make that obvious for the reader. <laughs> and uh, so he's running away from Dread, not weaponless. Yep. Uh, again, very small panel, but very good. Uh, a staff-only door. Yeah, right? open a door that says staff-only while taunting Judge Dread and running away. And we see Judge Dredd descending, descending down a dark flight of steps, saying, Dredd followed the fugitive, and he's thinking to himself, Mr. Buzz could be anywhere. Gotta go real careful. I want this mutant alive. And in a fully black panel on the next page, we hear, Burn down the building he was in, you jackass. <laughs> this is true. He assumed that, that he'd leave, apparently. Um... Next panel is completely black. We just hear, we just read the the words of Mr. Buzz saying, Foolish of you to follow me here, Judge Dredd. I can see in total darkness. You cannot. Uh, You can't see at all, Mr. Buzz. You have no eyes. This is true. (laughs) Um, You can uh, echolocate and and form an an understanding of the surroundings, but you're not really seeing them. Um... Also, doesn't Judge Dredd have, like, an infrared sensor on his visor? Yes. He has fought in total darkness before. Right. Well, it's a fun idea. (laughs) You know, they want to, again, they have this idea, like, um, a guy who can see in total darkness, um, he's the foe, so we're going to give him... You know, an, an, an entirely dark room to fight in. Again, they have this idea, an interesting idea, and they frame a story around it. Yep. Uh, like I said, it's a good way to write issues. Not my favorite, not the best way, but an interesting way. Do some very interesting bottle episodes by doing that. 
I appreciate continuity sake. Sometimes it gets funny. Yeah, I appreciate that we have like mutant sort of thing still. Um, yeah. For instance, Judge Dredd. Speaking of mutants, ducks as a zzz, uh, throwing knife sticks into the door above him. Mutant throwing knife. But how how can he see if he has no eyes? To which you will have walked right into my traps, and now you will die. Bzz. And we see Judge Dredd dodging another knife. Of course, these muties adapt themselves to make up for their warped bodies. In bold. So, <laughs> those buzzing sounds Mr. Buzz make act like a bat's radar. Oh. By listening to the echoes, he can tell exactly where objects are. Gotta find some way to jangle his radar or I'm dead meat. <laughs> okay, so he is using echolocation. I called it. We t- I mean, who would have thought? The guy who looks like a bat. The blind, the blind like man who appears. Driving a Batmobile with no eyes. Who would have thought that he was using echolocation? But. Fucking no. Again, we so we have Judge Dredd um, firing wild, wildly, which in this room. A very good panel. Yep. Uh, such as switching my lawgiver to explosive bullets rapid fire. And we see Mr. Buzz holding his ears, exclaiming in pain, My ears can't hear. Too too much noise. The explosions have confused him. Gotta take him now. And then Judge Dredd delivering a massive uppercut to the face. And yeah, that's a, that a wild haymaker. That looks like it really hurts. Again, yeah. good, good, uh, good posing work. Yeah, and go for it. Go for the line. Oh no! There's one way of turning the lights out, even on you, Mister Buzz. And he's just socking him like sweet chin music. He he clap. He cl- he clapped him right on the chin, and he is he is, that is a knockout punch. Hell yeah! And we see in the next very last panel, Judge Dredd leading uh, what we can uh, Mr. Buzz away by like a chain around his neck tied to his lawgiver. That's or, gotta be cruel. Cool. I, I, I know he's a mutant, but like you could lace from like like handcuffs like a normal person. My God! Yeah, he's it's yeah being led away by like an animal, like a freak show, <laughs> and. Uh, a couple of people in the crowd are cheering, and they're, uh, one guy is saying to another, Good old Judge Dredd. He always gets his man. He's the toughest, meanest judge in Mega City 1. But think the stars, we've got him! And uh, that well, Mr. 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 Buzz, uh, again, with a chain around his neck, yeah. being led like a freak <laughs> through this throng of, che- of cheering people, yeah. is quietly going, Zzz. Man, I would want revenge, too. Fucking, that Shit. ends issue 21 of Mr. Bu- uh, Mr. Buzz, the episode Mr. Buzz. Okay, here's a cute little thing. Okay. That's from the last panel with, with the sweet chin music, with the powerful punch. Yeah. And uh, the bottom there you can see Mr. Buzz going, Bzzunch. Bzzunch? Bzzunch. Are you see? Oh, like his jaw's being crunched. Yeah. Bzzunch. Nice. Like he's that's got right. He, that's got a, that is a good looking panel. That is a good looking dynamic. There's so many good panels in this issue. I love the art. I love Ian Gibson. Yes, this is fantastic. This is like uh, anyway. I could gush so, about the art for a long time, but let's dissect a little bit about what we got going on here. <laughs> so settings and places. We have the Sears and Roebuck Company and their basement. 
Uh, original name for the modern day Sears jewelry, which still fucking exists even after the Atomic Wars somehow. Hell yeah. Um, we have characters introduced. We have Mr. Buzz, the first named mutant to be introduced in Mega City 1. Yes. He has pointed bat-like ears and lax eyes and uses a strange buzzing sound that he creates to see with echolocation. Um, there was another setting, wasn't, wasn't there? The old, the, the cheap hotel in Old Town? Um, yes, there was a cheap hotel in Old Town. I guess Old Town, yes. But yeah, we don't, out of, uh, it looks like, like the slums. It looks interesting to me. Uh, um, so it's Old Town is like the old buildings, basically. Yeah, they're not skyscrapers. They're very squat, old concrete buildings. Gotcha. Good call, good call. Thank you. Um, and items and technology uh, of note... The uh, Judge Dread Lawgiver pistol apparently has a rapid fire setting, which yeah. can, which can be used with the explosive bullet types. Seems dangerous to be rapidly shooting explosives in a room where you cannot see anything, and you clearly said you want to take this 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 lawbreaker alive. But you, you specifically know, said that, Judge Dread. It's not like he could have just turned on his infrared sensors in his you know helmet and seen him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Labor of love. Um, Labor of love. I actually really enjoyed this issue. As did I. Um, as do I with every issue so far of Ian Gibson. Um, <laughs> terrible slang slash made up words slash dread one liners. Uh, we have rods, which are referring to guns. We have yeah. a flea pit, which is a derelict building. A flea pit, which is like a run-down, cheap, you know... Kind of a crack den or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the guy who gets assaulted by Mr. Buzz and gets his car stolen by Mr. Buzz says, My Doc! Which is apparently oh. a replacement word for God? That's what I was thinking, too, because he says, yeah, he says, My Doc! Now, they, seem, they have, like, weird... The slang they, they have has very strong uh, guttural consonant founds, like... Was it Gron? There, well, there's there's Drock, there's Drock. Strom, there's Stom. Like, I don't know, is there supposed to be some kind of, like, continuity it, to, like, what these are, what they mean? Linguistically, it seems there's a continuity between them. They all have a very similar linguistic value. But they don't seem to, like, people will say Stom or Strom. They don't, like, interchangeably, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um... Also, another word used, a real word actually, is jangle, uh, which is to make or cause a ringing metallic sound, typically a discordant one. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, uh, like in Fallout, we got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. Holy crap. Did not know that. It's a, it's an old country western song from the 1930s, well, 1950s, 1940s. Holy shit. Um, and then two Judge Dread one-liners I loved were the, yeah, it just burned down. Uh, <laughs> which is a great line. It was so good. And then, uh, there's one way of turning the lights out on you, Mr. Buzz. Just punching him in the face. Yeah, because lights out. An interesting note in this one, under Monsters, mutants are reintroduced to this episode. We haven't seen or heard about them since issue number three, featuring the Brotherhood of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, the Brotherhood of Darkness. And they were uh, all mutants, correct? I believe so. And while we couldn't tell in what ways the Brotherhood were mutated, because they wore, like, hoods and cowls and robes, Mr. Yeah. Buzz 
is very clearly deformed. Also, they are all banned from Mega City One. Uh, yes, all mutants have been exiled for. I don't know the reason, honestly. Yeah. Maybe to keep the breeding like human species. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking again, and and uh, where I always go because of who I am of Warhammer terms. Yeah. Where, uh, on on Holy Mother Terra, mutants are exterminated on site so they don't uh, dilute the gene pool yep. and make it more uh, dangerous to to mutations and uh, and uh, other negative effects than it already is. I I can totally see that being a thing here. Also, they have special mutant throwing knives because yeah, he had a mutant knife and he recognized. <laughs> Seemingly by sound alone. <laughs> In the dark. Oh, he's using one of those patented mutant throwing knives. Like, what? Why? What? Um, so yeah, that's weird. Um, world building. We have a murder gang, <laughs> which we can only a assume. Murder gang. We can only assume was a gang of lawbreakers who murder people. Why? This we may never know. Do they specialize in murder? Have is it the do you get qualified as a murder gang when you have murdered just one person? Is is murdering their only goal? Like Yeah, do they do other things besides murder? Like Yeah. How is just murder gonna get you a pro like okay, so organized crime, the end goal is uh uh Money. Yeah, profit. You wanna make money. So <laughs> How does just murder net you a profit? I, don't, I have no idea. Um, one other thing. Lawbreaker, a lawbreaker is getting 40 years in an isolation cube for being part of a gang. Why yeah. was Judge Whitey's sentence to Devil Island so light then in that case? Um, because continuity can be loose. <laughs> also, big thing. Isolation cubes introduced in this issue. That um, sounds terrible. 39 years in the isolation cube. So... Uh, isocubes are a place where sentenced criminals who commit a non-capital crimes are assigned. Perps stay there until their sentence is completed, unable to leave. The room is similar to a single dwelling apartment in a housing block, except it is smaller, has fewer amenities, and has a secure door that only opens from the outside. With a durable glass panel on the opposing wall to which maintain uh, to maintain suicide watch, as well as to remind the prisoner that they are constantly being watched. Isocubes are found within ISO blocks, which are uh, analogous to prisons located in Mega City One. Isocubes are mentioned in the 2012 film Dread multiple times, but okay. never shown. And that I, I was like super like, oh, isocubes! I know these things. Yeah, I do remember them break mentioning those. Uh, apparently, they, they are in the Judge Dread video game, which you would probably know about. Oh, I do vaguely remember those. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a box with a glass wall on one side. And very, very small, and a door that you can't open, and it's just like a toilet and a bed, basically. That sounds terrifying. That to me is so cute. No socialization, uh, unable to, to kill yourself. Yep. That sounds like the worst punishment that Mega City 1 has. So I'm not surprised that that uh, reference survives to modern day Judge Dredd. Yeah. Because I think anyone is terrified by that. Yeah. Um,. Also, this is the first issue where Judge Dredd is portrayed as the callous, using the law to its fullest extent type character that we know from the movies. Yes! 
He, he only yeah, takes a single day off of a lawbreaker's 40-year sentence for a confession of Mr. Buzz's location. He also burns down someone's hotel because there's a single lawbreaker inside. My yeah. question is, is this the beginning of a new, harsher Judge Dredd? Uh, well, you've read farther than I have, is it? No. Oh, uh, shit. No. It's so good, but that's not at all how he's portrayed going forward well, for a while. They'll get back there. <laughs> we may yet, Mr. So Fuego. We may yet. It's so good. Um, <laughs> we have also the Public Health Act of 2087, which apparently allows for the burning down of infested buildings. Um, a bit strong-handed, but okay. Apparently, infestation and rats were a big problem at some point in time. Well, I I've heard the rumors of New York City, which is where Mega City One is. You hear yep. the rumors of, of, you know, especially in old pieces of media, like from the 80s and stuff about gigantic rats and rats rat. everywhere and cockroaches. Rats the size of dogs. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly popular older trope. Yeah. Uh, also, zero death count for this issue. Oh, my, yeah. And, yeah, no one dies. And that kind of wraps up issue number 21 of of the Dreadful Cyberpunk cast, or the, of at least 21 of uh, the Judge Dredd progs, and our uh, eighth issue of this, eighth, eighth episode of this podcast. Um, um, Judge Dredd was very, very, uh, he very much wanted to take that mutant in alive. Yeah. For a reason I can't really understand... Same, but Same. I guess it was probably for the sake of the of the issue, not, rather yeah. than. Uh, I don't. I don't want to sound like a dick when I say this, but probably for the sake of the issue, rather than actual continuity. <laughs> Agreed. Um, he's killed a lot of people. I don't know why he's just like, ah, fuck. We don't want to kill mutants or kill other people. Maybe well, I wouldn't say maybe it's a spot for mutants, but number one. Judge Dredd is a soft spot for nobody. He is all hard <laughs> all the time, as you've seen all him all the time. And secondly, we've seen him gun down mutants before without any kind of second thought. This is very true. Um, PK, I have a, a teaser for the next issue. If you don't look, oh, don't look at it, okay? Another thing, again, I, I just thought of something else. Go for um, it. This is continuity, so you might enjoy this. Um, this mutant uses a handgun, yes. But he he uses throwing knives, which is you know an old outdated technology. Oh, dark use bows and arrows. You're right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah so the, that, the mutants so far have been kind of shown as having lower end tech. Yeah. Or favoring have, lower end tech. Yeah, because they, they probably don't have you know factories outside the city or whatever. Um, I like that. But they still need slave labor for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> will, we, will we find out? Maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to bring up. Is The teaser. Again, he's using fairly low-tech weapons. He has a handgun, but he's mo- mostly relying on throwing knives. Agreed. So the teaser for next episode. The next oh. episode of the Dreadful Cyberpunk cast. Oh, God. The first issue we're going to look at is an issue that seems to pervade almost all media and comics from the 19 like 60s up to the 1990s maybe even 2000s it is the anti-smoking issue 
Oh no! <laughs> Not the very special issue. The very special issue of Judge Dredd, where they oh, talk that's... about the dangers of smoking. Oh, great! <laughs> I'm not. Uh... It's so good, PK. You're gonna love I'm it. I'm not at all not looking. I'm not at all apprehensive. Well, my name is Andy, and I'm PK. And thank you for listening to the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast, coming to you from the distant present. The far-flung present. Present.